We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly filling in for Glenn Mack now alongside Ray Dinger. 215-592-9494. If you want to get in, and real quick before we get back to the phones, right, I did want to ask you about Jalen Rager because you know we talk about the Eagles and and the draft history and the Rager pick. Uh, it gets brought up. I mean, I think every at least if not every day, every week, several times on this station. And I mean, it just hasn't worked out for him in Philadelphia. Two years in, it hasn't really gotten any better. Do you see you know him? being back here next year or as the Eagles look to overhaul this wide receiver position do you think it's better off just to cut ties and move on I think it would be um but if you know there are going to be people within the Eagles organization particularly Howie Roseman <laughs> who are going to be very reluctant to to part with with Jalen Rager I mean there's going to be some people there that the sentiment's going to be well let's bring him back and and maybe you know maybe you know he, Maybe this year it'll all, it'll all click. Um, and, you know, sometimes it does. I mean, sometimes guys get off to bad starts, and then by year three all of a sudden they figure it out, and guess what? He turns into the player we thought he was going to be. I don't see that with Rager. You know, I, I really don't. And, and part of it is I just never thought he was that good. I mean, I, we were talk, when we were talking before, I, I said that people tried to make the comparison between his situation and Nelson Aguilar. Wide receiver, first-round pick struggled early in his career. I see them as very different cases because I saw Aguilar play at Southern Cal. I knew he had talent. I knew he was good. Um, he just kind of had to figure it out at the NFL. He kind of had to get he kind of had to get acclimated, but I really felt that I know he can play up here. I mean, I've seen him play well enough, often enough, that I know he can play. I know the ability is there. I never felt that way about Jalen Rager. I mean, I saw him, I saw him play at TCU. You know, I did all my homework going into the draft, and I knew he was one of the guys in that draft class, you know, with Jefferson and Lamb and all those guys. And I kept, I just don't see it. I, I'll tell you, I had him as a fourth-round pick. Wow. I mean, that, that was the grade, I, the grade I gave on him was a fourth round. I mean, I thought that's kind of what he was. I thought he might be a kick returner. He might be a gadget kind of guy. But I never saw him as a, as a guy you would draft in the first round to be a front-line receiver. I just didn't see it. So, you know, I'm, I'm of the mind that I'm willing to move on. Because I just, unlike Aguilar, who I thought, this guy's got ability, you just got to unlock it. In, in Rager's case, I'm not sure the ability's there to begin with. Yeah, and, and uh, as for the other side of the ball, right, another first-round pick that just hasn't panned out, you know, is Derek Barnett. And, you know, five years in now, I thought he was going to be a really good player. And, and for this team that, that really needs to infuse the pass rush, 
is it worth trying to bring him back on like a one-year deal if you can, or is that another situation where it's probably better to just cut ties and move on? I think it's I think it's better to move on. And I was unlike the Rager pick. I never understood. I just I just thought it was a bad pick from the minute they made it. Um, I I, I like the Barnett pick. You know, I I saw him at Tennessee. I thought he was a good player. Um, I thought 14th in the draft was right about where I thought he was going to go. The Eagles had a need there. I thought this is a slam dunk, really. I thought this guy's going to come in. And I know the comparisons were made. He broke Reggie White's record at Tennessee. So, And I never was prepared to compare him to Reggie White. Right. There's only one of those, okay? There's only one Reggie White. So I never went there. But I certainly thought that he was going to come in and be a good player here. Uh, and he really hasn't approached that. I mean, he was better his first year. Then and, and it kind of all went backwards. And then by the last couple of years, um, it was it would reach the point where he was it was counterproductive. I mean, he was making more negative plays. He was hurting you more than he was helping you. Um, he just never uh, he was never he was always a little bit undersized. Uh, and his his takeoff, his his quickness off the ball was never as good as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew he was always going to be giving away some size. He's not the biggest defensive end, but I thought I thought he was going to be quick enough off the ball that he could get to the corner and get the pressure. And it never was. He was never quite big enough, and he was never quite fast enough. He just he wasn't terrible. But he was just kind of average. And when you're talking about the 14th pick in the draft, he's got to be better than average. Yeah, no doubt. And the Eagles certainly you know, can't afford to miss on those kind of picks in the first round uh, with their selections this year. Uh, let's go to Jack in Santa Barbara. What's up, Jack? Hi, Tommy. How you doing? Hey, hi, Ray. Hello, Jack. How are you? I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing great. And I want to uh, acknowledge the tone-setting way you and Glenn run the tell us your story kind of show and you guys are doing it this morning um, and, and acknowledge that uh, finished business is you telling us your story and I love it all uh, the way you put that together Ray oh thanks yeah. Jack I appreciate that I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you enjoyed the book yeah the, the real special part is at the beginning of your career where you're a young reporter uh, for Delco Times, and and the way you handled the whole uh, obituary thing with the with the Vietnam pictures and hand carrying the pictures back to the people who who lost their sons in Vietnam, I thought that was a real tone setter to me about you. Oh, so thanks, Jack. I think, I, that was I the t- that was the that. Um, that was the toughest job I've ever yeah. had. That was the toughest job I ever had. I graduated from college in 68, and I went to work at the Delco Times. They didn't have a job for me in sports. They put me in news. Uh, and one of the things, one of my jobs, and everybody knows what was happening in 68, 69, the Vietnam War was at its peak. Um, and it seemed like every week some kid from Delaware County was, was killed. Uh, and it was my job to go to the house and interview the parents. And... Uh, God, I, it, was, it was the toughest job ever. And I always had to ask for a picture to bring back to the office with me. And like you said, Jack, I, I never trusted the mail. I was never going to put that picture in the mail. Um, I, I promised the families I would bring it back personally, and I always did. But, boy, it was tough. It was, that was, people, well, people, people, people always said to me over the years, boy, it must be tough, boy, it must be tough for, to, to have to go into a losing locker room. It must be tough to be in a losing locker room. I said, you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. That, that, there was nothing tougher than going in the home of a, of a family that had just lost a, a son in a war and have to ask him if they'll let you in and, and talk to you. That, that's the toughest thing I ever did. Yeah, well, page 40 
showed me how stand-up you were, and I just wanted to put that out there to everybody who was even thinking about reading Finishing Business. Because, Thanks, Jack. Go for it. <laughs> um, and, and I want to address the narrative about Carson here, if I may, a little bit. Sure. Um, in, in this context, if you look at all those guys on that team that were champions already, the Chris Longs and the LeGarrette Blunt and Jason Kelsey, who's going to wind up in the Hall of Fame, they bought into who this kid was. They knew that he had that it. He proved it in, in Seattle when he made that throw that few quarterbacks could have made. You know the one I'm talking about. And I, I don't even think they won that game, but, but that throw that he made in that game, I think it was to Aguilar. Yeah. I mean, he did, yeah. he did it multiple times, Jack. I mean, he made some plays that year that just there weren't too many quarterbacks exactly. in the NFL that could make, and he did it. Yeah, and, and you know, yeah, that play he's talking about in Seattle when, you know, he's getting drugged drug down and is able to find it find Aguilar down the field. And, Ray, that they're the kind of plays that you talk about, like, earlier on where, you know, he was just able to do those kind of things and he just can't do them anymore. And I think that's really gotten to him mentally. And the play that always comes to mind for me is, is that Washington game when he's in the middle in the Monday night game and yeah. it looks like he's he's dead to rights yeah, and he, pops he disa- out. He disappears. I yeah. mean, you don't even see him. All you see are Washington players, and all of a sudden he bursts out of it and runs for 25 yards. Yeah, and it's just like that kind of stuff was never never there again after that year, and it's kind of, kind of sad. It really is, and I kind of wonder if we'll ever see it again. Right now, you would probably say no. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Hal in Las Vegas. What's up, Hal? Fellas, how are you? Uh Ray, I'd like to talk about two things uh, you said and link them together. Uh, yesterday, you mentioned Dean, the linebacker from Georgia. Yes. And today, you mentioned about coaches and GMs going overboard with the measurables. Yes. <laughs> and you mentioned Dean, six foot tall, and they downgrade him because of that, which is silly. I think I, I agree with you that way. Yeah, he probably, you know, he probably won't even measure that when they go to the combine. He'll probably, he'll probably measure less than six feet, which will drop him another couple spots in the draft. Uh, I, I call it the Mike Mamula syndrome, especially for the combine. I'm, sh- I'm sure you remember, you remember him. Oh, very well. How he measured out all these great things. Eagles drafted him in the sixth round. And he turned out just to be like an okay player. Nothing yeah. special. Yeah. Well, I'll give you another one. Cooper Cup. I mean, <laughs> exactly. when Cooper, when Cooper Cup, when he came out of college, they said, well, he's, too, he's not that big and he's not that fast. And, and I said, again, I said, did you ever see him play? <laughs> the guy mm-hmm. always gets open and he always catches the ball. I mean, that's what receivers do. You know, and uh, but there are always these examples of guys. I mean, people thought Tom, you know, and when Tom Brady came out, he was a sixth round pick because people thought he didn't didn't have a strong enough arm and he wasn't mobile. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. they they make mistakes all the time. That's but see how that's that's why the draft is fun. That's why that's why fans really get into the draft. That's why people that's why people become draft nicks because everybody can become a general manager. You know, everybody thinks that they can judge talent better than the general manager of their local team. Sometimes they are right, <laughs> and sometimes mm-hmm. and sometimes they're wrong. But that's but the fact is that as much as the NFL would like you to believe it's a science, and they talk about it as a science, and they try to make it a science with the way they measure and all the testing and all that stuff, the fact is it still comes down to a roll of the dice, and a lot of times it just comes down to your gut. 
watch the tape and just decide for yourself. Can this guy play or can he play? Okay, I, I, and also a lot of the mock drafts have the Eagles taken uh, the Iowa center, uh, yes. Linderbaum. Yes. And uh, I kind of like it, to tell you the truth. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't argue against it. Um, uh, that's is uh, a kid named Tyler Linderbaum, who's a center at Iowa. He's probably the best center in college football. Um, and there's the, the thinking is that Kelsey, if, if he isn't retiring this year, he's going to be retiring soon. So he's going to be a hard guy to replace. And, and Tyler Linderbaum is, if you watch him, he is very much like Kelsey. He's about the same size, plays the same kind of game, has a lot of the same kind of skills. Um, if you were trying to figure out your own Jason Kelsey or your next Jason Kelsey, Linderbaum in this draft class is probably the closest fit. So there are some people that say with three first-round picks that the Eagles maybe should use one of them on whoever that next center is going to be. If, that's, if they decide that's the way to go, then he would be the guy in this draft. He's, I have him as my number one center. Do you also think, Ray, that, that they're still considering maybe moving a Sayamalu or, or a Dickerson to center and, and keeping one of those guys there long-term, somebody that's already in-house, or do you think the future center to replace Jason Kelsey is not currently on the roster? Um, I would... I would not move Dickerson. I, I would. I, I think I like. It looks to me like he's really. He's, I think he's won that job at left guard. I think he's really good. He played really well this year. He really did. I mean, he got off to. Uh, he got. He got off to a slow start, but I mean, he had, didn't really have a training camp because he was rehabbing the injury. Mm. Um, he got put in at guard, which he hadn't played for a while. He had been a center in Alabama, so they and he got kind of got thrust in. He was just he was just being, he had just been activated. Now all of a sudden there's the injury, and now they got to put him on the field. So it took him a couple weeks to kind of get his feet on the ground, but once he did. He was really good. I mean, for, as a run blocker, he was good right away. Uh, the pass protection came along a little bit slower, but it didn't take long. By midseason, he was playing very good, and by the end of the season, he was playing really good. So I, I, li- I really like the pairing of he and Maialata on the left side. I would like to keep that together. So my first thought, if, if for some and I agree with you, I don't think Kelsey's retiring. I think he's going to come back and give you at least one more year. But Okay, if he suddenly surprises you and says, you know what, I'm done. My first thought would be to try Sayamalu at center because he's coming back. And I saw him play in college. I saw him at Oregon State, and he played every position on the line. But to be frank, his best position was center. And I think they kind of drafted him with the idea in mind that he was probably going to be the successor to Kelsey ultimately. Right. So right now, if if I were to project it, I would say I'm, I'm willing to give Sayamalu first crack at the center position because I've seen him play it in college, and he played it very well. Yeah. 215-592-9494. If you want to get in, one more segment left. We'll run through uh, the rest of the calls as well. I'm Tom Kelly in for Glenn Mack now alongside Ray Dinger right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.